Chapter Fifty Six of A Short History of the World by H. G. Wells. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter Fifty Six: The Uneasy Peace in Europe That Followed the Fall of Napoleon. Two main causes prevented that period from being a complete social and international peace, and prepared the way for the cycle of wars between 1854 and 1871. The first of these was the tendency of the royal courts concerned towards the restoration of unfair privilege and interference with freedom of thought and writing and teaching. The second was the impossible system of boundaries drawn up by the diplomatists of Vienna. The inherent disposition of monarchy to march back towards past conditions was first and most particularly manifest in Spain. Here, even the Inquisition was restored. Across the Atlantic, the Spanish colonies had followed the example of the United States and revolted against the European great power system when Napoleon set his brother Joseph on the Spanish throne in 1810. The George Washington of South America was General Bolivar, Spain was unable to suppress this revolt. It dragged on much as the United States' War of Independence had dragged on, and at last the suggestion was made by Austria, in accordance with the spirit of the Holy Alliance, that the European monarch should assist Spain in this struggle. This was opposed by Britain in Europe, but it was the prompt action of President Monroe of the United States in 1823 which conclusively warned off this projected monarchist restoration. He announced that the United States would regard any extension of the European system in the Western Hemisphere as a hostile act. Thus arose the Monroe Doctrine, the doctrine that there must be no extension of extra-American government in America, which has kept the great power system out of America for nearly a hundred years, and permitted the new states of Spanish America to work out their destinies along their own lines. But if Spanish monarchism lost its colonies, it could at least, under the protection of the consort of Europe, do what it chose in Europe. A popular insurrection in Spain was crushed by French army in 1823, with a mandate from a European Congress and simultaneously Austria suppressed a revolution in Naples. In 1824, Louis XVIII died, and was succeeded by Charles X. Charles set himself to destroy the liberty of the press and universities, and to restore absolute government. The sum of billion francs was voted to compensate the nobles for the chateau burnings and sequestrations of 1789. In 1830, Paris rose against this embodiment of the ancient regime, and replaced him by Louis Philippe, the son of that Philippe, Duke of Orleans, who was executed during the Terror. The other continental monarchies, in face of the open approval of the revolution by Great Britain, and a strong liberal ferment in Germany and Austria, did not interfere in this affair. After all, France was still a monarchy. This man, Louis Philippe, 1830-1848, remained the constitutional king of France for eighteen years. 
such were the uneasy swayings of the peace of the congress of vienna which were provoked by the reactionary proceedings of the monarchists the stresses that arose from the unscientific boundaries planned by the diplomatists of vienna gathered forth more deliberately but they were even more dangerous to the peace of mankind it is extraordinarily inconvenient to administer together the affairs of peoples speaking different languages and so reading different literatures and having different general ideas especially if those differences are exacerbated by religious disputes only some strong mutual interest such as the common defensive needs of the swiss mountaineers can justify a close linking of peoples of dissimilar languages and faith and even in switzerland there is the utmost local autonomy when as in macedonia populations are mixed in a patchwork of villages and districts the cantonal system is imperatively needed but if the reader will look at the map of europe as the congress of vienna drew it he will see that this gathering seems almost as if it had planned the maximum of local exasperation it destroyed the dutch republic quite needlessly it lumped together the protestant dutch with the french-speaking catholics of the old spanish austrian netherlands and set up a kingdom of the netherlands it handed over not merely the old republic of venice but all of north italy as far as milan to the german-speaking austrians french-speaking savoy it combined with pieces of italy to restore the kingdom of sardinia austria and hungary already a sufficiently explosive mixture of discordant nationalities germans hungarians czechoslovaks yugoslavs romanians and now italians was made still more impossible by confirming austria's polish acquisitions of seventeen seventy two and seventeen ninety five the catholic and republican spirited polish people were chiefly given over to the less civilized rule of the greek orthodox tsar but important districts went to protestant prussia the tsar was also confirmed in his acquisition of the entirely alien finns the very dissimilar norwegian and swedish peoples were bound together under one king germany the reader will see was left in a particularly dangerous state of muddle prussia and austria were both partly in and partly out of a german confederation which included a multitude of minor states the king of denmark came into the german confederation by virtue of certain german-speaking possessions in holstein luxembourg was included in the german confederation though its ruler was also king of the netherlands and though many of its peoples talked french here was a complete disregard of the fact that the people who talk german and base their ideas on german literature the people who talk italian and base their ideas on italian literature and the people who talk polish and base their ideas on polish literature will all be far better off and most helpful and least obnoxious to the rest of mankind if they conduct their own affairs in their own idiom within the ring fence of their own speech is it any wonder that one of the most popular songs in germany during this period declared that wherever the german tongue was spoken there was the german fatherland 
In 1830, French-speaking Belgium, stirred up by the current revolution in France, revolted against its Dutch association in the Kingdom of the Netherlands. The powers, terrified at the possibilities of a republic or of annexation to France, hurried in to pacify this situation and gave the Belgians a monarch, Leopold I of Saxe-Coburg-Gotha. There were also ineffectual revolts in Italy and Germany in 1830, and a much more serious one in Russian Poland. A republican government held out in Warsaw for a year against Nicholas I, who succeeded Alexander in 1825, and was then stamped out of existence with great violence and cruelty. The Polish language was banned, and the Greek Orthodox Church was substituted for the Roman Catholic as the state religion. In 1821, there was an insurrection of the Greeks against the Turks. For six years, they fought a desperate war, while the governments of Europe looked on. Liberal opinion protested against this inactivity. Volunteers from every European country joined the insurgents, and at last Britain, France, and Russia took joint action. The Turkish fleet was destroyed by the French and English at the Battle of Navarino, 1827, and the Tsar invaded Turkey. By the Treaty of Adrianople, 1829, Greece was declared free, but she was not permitted to resume her ancient republican traditions. A German king was found for Greece, one Prince Otto of Bavaria, and Christian governors were set up in the Danubian provinces which are now Romania, and Serbia, a part of the Jugoslav region. Much blood had still to run, however, before the Turk was altogether expelled from these lands. End of chapter 56